G'day team and welcome to another edition of the Rugby League Lounge uh, weekly show and today I'm very honoured to introduce my guest Andy Raymond. I'm sure all of you guys are familiar who he is but Andy I'll get you to introduce yourself mate. Thank you for coming on once again. My pleasure Luke and, and thanks for having me in the uh, in the Rugby League Lounge brother. Uh, Andy Raymond, he is um, just one of the boys. He's uh, he's not a TV guy. He's nothing different. He's nothing special. He's one of the fellas that uh, that loves a beer, loves watching his footy, loves a chat, uh, loves a chat about footy as well. Um, mate, I was brought up in Western Sydney in uh, in the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, I'm big on honesty. I'm big on loyalty, and that doesn't matter if it's a personal relationship or a professional relationship. Um, just a an honest bloke uh, who, who loves his footy and still loves it thirty years after first working in the industry. Seems like the ideal bloke to have a part of the rugby league lounge community, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, now it's like I said, honor having you on. So, just start on talking about how your like love and passion for rugby league started. Uh, back in, I think I was six years old or five years old when I first played my uh, or played my first game of, of rugby league. Uh, I don't think I did too much tackling or running. I think I was the kid that was building sand castles or dirt castles at the back of the field. Uh, and I played all the way through until 21, 22 years of age. Absolutely loved it. Um, mate, went all right, but was never going to be, um, you know, a great player, sadly. Um, that would have been fulfilling a dream. Uh, but the next best thing was was still being involved in the game and working in the game from the other side of the sideline um, and doing the commentary and doing the interviews. And, but I, I loved it and it, it's still my passion. My family's passion was actually motorsport. My father was a very successful motorsport commentator here in Australia for 30 odd years and was the face to the, the V8s uh, throughout the 70s, 80s and 90s. Um, they loved their motorsport, him and his brother. Uh, and whilst I enjoyed it, rugby league was was where my heart was. And um, mate, it's a, a love affair that continues all the way through to 2021. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I um, read that, um, was reading about that, your dad, how um, his impact on the motor racing world. And that's really cool mm. that you've been able to kind of continue what, you know, his legacy um, within what you've done. Um, just touching on your commentary career, and I'm just going to touch on one of my most memorable moments um, from witnessing um, you on TV and also part of your commentary was a try that might might not we might not even um, hold significance to you, but the Sean Johnson try in 2011, and I was just watching listening it to again. Um, mm. It's one of those things where it's a great great individual try, and but. I think you do enhance the try. Your call on it is so crisp, and I think it really paints a really good picture of what's happened, especially if Sean Johnson at the time was really just emerged on the stage. And 
yeah, I remember watching that game live and the call is just permanently in my head. Um, has Johnson still got the legs? He certainly does. So, yeah, for me, that was a real memorable call for me. Is, do you remember that call in particular? Yeah, I, I, I do remember that call. And, and I don't remember a lot of them over the years because it has been a lot of years and a lot of rugby league games. Um, I always went by the mantra whenever I was on TV or still on and, and, and on radio that not everyone at home has had a great week, whether it's uh, relationship troubles, financial troubles, personal or professional troubles, but they were paying to see me or they had chosen to watch a game and I was on. And I always just wanted to be able to take a viewer on the lounge, on the rugby league lounge, I wanted to take them away from their issues for two hours for the week, give them a, a good and professional call, make them relax and enjoy the game as a game of footy, an athletic contest, but also be entertained. I wanted to take their mind off their issues for a couple of hours a week. And if I was able to do that through a story, some nice commentary, a bad dad joke or whatever it was, if I was able to do that, Mate, I considered that I had done my job because, mate, not all of us have seven great days in one week and we, we never know what our mates or our family or part of the rugby league family are going through. And I just thought if I could cheer someone up, that's a, that's a really cool thing. So it was something I was always mindful of. And if I was able to bring that, you know, just that little bit of cheer or relaxation, uh, job done. Well, you certainly did that, Andy. And I was actually going to ask you about your unfiltered podcast and mm. kind of your what your kind of intentions were for creating that podcast. But I actually think you kind of summed it up there because honestly, I get a every time I listen, I get a joy. Like you said, you tell a few jo jokes, a, a lot of um, fart jokes intended too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, is there kind of um, is it basically echoing what you've just said about your commentary with yeah. the Unfiltered Podcast? Yeah, it, it very much is. We'd looked at podcasts, we being my wife and I, looked at podcasts for a number of years, but I was so busy doing what I was doing at Fox Sports that we weren't able to properly and professionally follow it up. And uh, when, I, when I left Fox Sports after COVID hit and I was given my marching orders, um, we already had a base of what we would have liked to try and achieve through a podcast. And it is exactly the same, Luke. Um, if you can throw the podcast on, on the way to work or on your morning walk and you're listening on the phone, whatever it may be, if it can just take you to a place in your mind where you forget about the mortgage or you forget about the issues at home, and just enjoy some some rugby league chat, whether it's serious chat with some of the older uh, legends of the game or whether it's, you know, a, a little bit of lighthearted stuff and a few fart jokes with some of the current players. Mm. Um, but, yeah, just, just uh, an enjoyable listening experience is what we're trying to create. Yeah. No, I definitely understand. I do um, quite a bit of running. It's kind of my passion outside of doing the rugby league lounge. And 
a lot of times it's to get away from the bullshit and it's a lot it's yeah. really easy to do that by putting a podcast on and i think you've got a great variety of having a serious chat and also mm. that just having a laugh and uh, and also like from a guy that's mainly rugby league based the podcast that i probably enjoyed the most was your one with danny green and it was probably because i didn't know too much about danny green so being able to get insight into him was a mm. very cool way to do it and um yeah, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. I've enjoyed all your podcasts, but that one was just yeah. and out for me. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I enjoyed the Danny Green one, mate. He was uh, he was, and and the rest of my guests are. Um, I'm very lucky in the respect that I've built up, you know, wonderful relationships professionally and personally with a lot of these guys over the years, and they feel like they can open up to me about not only the good times but the tough times and and. Uh, and they really introduce themselves as a person, not just the athlete. And in a lot of their cases, the athlete and the person, very, very different people. So it's nice to actually chat to the bloke as opposed to the superstar. Yeah, for sure. And I think you touched on the key point there. I think they open up to you because they've got that respect to you. It is about creating yeah. a relationship. They're not just going to tell any bloke about all that kind of stuff mm. deep down. Um, you've got to build that relationship first. So... Yeah, yep. um, yeah, some great honest chats, and I enjoy um, listening to more in the future. I guess we better start talking about some footy. That's why I brought you on. And just before we kind of talk about 2021, um, we're going to talk about the way the game has changed, which is really evident now, obviously, with the new rule changes, especially from last year after COVID. We saw the new changes with the six mm -hmm. again call and going back to um, the one referee. Overall, how do you feel about these rule changes? Obviously, it's increased the speed of the game, but have you ever noticed a rule change that's probably, like, I wouldn't say changed the fabric of the game as much as this, but it kind of has changed. changed yeah. The, yeah just, have you noticed a rule change change the game quite like the six again call? No. no. Uh, that's, that's the short answer. Absolutely not. It has changed the game significantly. Uh, and I've been watching rugby league and have a memory of rugby league going back to about 1984. I think genuinely the last change in the game that that was like this would have been in the late 1960s when they went from the unlimited tackle rule. And for two seasons, they went from unlimited tackle back to a four tackle rule. And then I think it was 68 or 69, they settled on six tackles. So the game changed dramatically back then. But we've seen, I've certainly seen nothing like this. And it has changed the game uh, immeasurably, I think. Um, I've got a theory that it's changed it too much, too soon. Uh, I think it's gone to a pace that uh, is far beyond what we have seen. And I was hoping actually that the referees um, and the decision makers were maybe going to be just a little more lenient in their interpretation of what was happening on the field to try and just narrow the gap between what it was and what it is. Um, that may still come, but, it, mate, it's been a huge change. We see today Trent Merrin has retired. Um, I think 
most players are going to be retiring. Oh, the phone! Earlier. I did not. I did not realize that. Did Trent Mirren just announce he was retiring? Trent Mirren is is uh, announced he's retiring effective immediately. Wow! And he said uh, he said in his statement. He said, I've outgrown the game and the game has outgrown me. Uh, and for Big Mez, I think that's basically him saying, I'm a, a chubby mid-30s forward uh, that, that carries plenty of weight around the park and it's just too bloody fast for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish Trent all the best. He's been a wonderful ambassador for the game. He's been a wonderful player for the game. Oh, but I think the age of retirement will probably come down over the next couple of years significantly. Um, apart from, you know, the, a couple of key positions, maybe maybe a halfback and a hooker, because they are covering so much ground, more ground. They are doing so much more work. Um, the cardio requirements on these guys are absolutely insane at the moment. Um, and, you know, uh, there's the argument, has it got too much like touch or tag footy? Mm. No, because it's still it's still tackle footy and there's still confrontations and, and the heavy stuff. But I think they've probably gone a bit too far with it. Yeah, no, it's an interesting take. Also, when you consider like the players when it happened were in the midst of a season with the normal rules, and then all yeah. of a sudden COVID's happening, um, they're getting back into their bubbles, and yep. oh, by the way, we're adding these new rules, so they're not conditioned to it. Yeah, I, mm. I tend to agree too, but I think it's one of those things that I think we might see the real benefits from it in a few years' time, and teams, yep. as we probably will touch on. There's a noticeable gap between the good teams and the bad time, the bad teams. So I shouldn't say bad teams, but you you understand what I mean. Yeah. Um, and it is because potentially they've um, the those teams haven't been able to catch up to new rule changes. But well, I think over there's time, a, there's a couple might- of ways of looking at that too, because the new rules were brought in literally overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, COVID presented a pause in the season. The rules changed and the rosters in every club were set and most of them were set for this year. So there's there's two elements. Is your roster uh, appropriate for the new rules? Yes, for the teams that are succeeding. No, for the teams that aren't succeeding. But then it's also up to the coaches and the coaching staff to try and formulate a game plan that – um, that succeeds in this this new style of footy. So, you know, there's probably a bunch of guys at each club that have signed three or four year deals that the coach would now like to think, geez, he doesn't really suit me under these new rules. If I could get rid of him, I probably would. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of changes over the next 18 months. I think it's going to be huge. You know, this week alone, we've seen Will Chambers come back, Chad Townsend go to the North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, there was a couple more yesterday. Danny um, Levi you know, to the Broncos. Um, Danny Levi to the Broncos, of course. How Jackson could I forget Hastings, that? Hastings. Jackson Hastings. I think we are going to see a ton of player movement with coaches unhappy with their roster because of the new rules. And I don't 
always like that because little kids like uh, like their player at their club. So they go and buy the Townsend jersey at the Sharks and all of a sudden he's off for the Cowboys. And if that happens too much, the casual fan or the younger fan uh, feels like they're getting ripped off. You know, they want their players at their club, which is what it was back in the day. But And I know, I know things can't always remain the same, but I reckon there's going to be a heap of player and club changes over the next 18 months. Yeah, for sure. And we'll, we'll move on shortly, but I just want to touch on that because it's starting to sound like kind of, I don't know if you follow much American sports, but the NBA, it's a lot about following yeah. the athlete rather than the team. Like I've got yeah. LeBron Juzzi who was at the Heat, but he's been on the Cavs, he's been on the Lakers and the, the Cavs, yeah. Westbrook, you know, all sorts. They change every season. So, yes, I am scared we're going to get to that. And um and also to touch on that, what was what's so great on about the you know, Rowan, obviously the last four years it's been the premierships have been won by the Roosters and the Storm, but I think it was something like since the turn of the, the decade and to uh turn mm-hmm. of the century in two thousand, I think we had thirteen um different mm-hmm. NRL champions, which is is crazy. Now it's I don't I think we there's a bit of luck in that or a bit of I don't think that mm-hmm. was sustainable. But we're definitely trending backwards in that position. So, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a bit of shame about that. But anyway, we'll, we will touch on the teams that have adapted to the rules and uh, got the rosters, you know, suited definitely to play to this up-tempo style. Mm. And um, look, at the start of the season, I thought it was going to be six teams. Um, and it was those six teams last year that finished in the top six. Obviously, you got the Storm, yep. the Panthers, the Rabbitohs, the Raiders, the Eels and the Roosters. Um, yep. Out of them, do you see a, a tier within a tier there about your genuine title contenders? I don't at the moment, and I'll agree on those six teams, and I actually think they're the only six teams at this point in time that I believe that can can be there in the grand final. Because of the volume of injuries that we have seen so far and because of the fatigue that we will see over the next couple of months, I actually think the grand finalists will be determined by the two sides who have the least amount of injuries and the most depth come September. And I know there's always an element of luck in getting injuries or avoiding injuries, and that team is always going to be better placed. But I think in 2021, because of the rule changes, because of the volume of injuries, I think that's going to be the case. The Roosters at the moment, for me, they are hanging on to that sixth spot by that much. One more significant injury, and I would be almost saying, I reckon we can put the the red pen through them because Boyd Cordner, Jake Friend, Sammy Verrills, who's back this week, uh, they had Lindsay Collins out. I mean, the list just continues to grow and grow for the for the poor Roosters. Um, you know, I reckon they're probably only an injury or, or one long term injury away from uh, from being ruled out. Luke Keary, of course, the other one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I honestly, if they didn't have the fact that they arguably obviously touched on them in the storm the two most dominant sides of last so-and-so and the system, great system place also of Robbo, yep. we probably would be 
um, running the red pen through them already. So, yeah, for me, I yeah, I tend to agree. And yeah, the depth is huge. I think the Raiders' depth was highlighted immensely over the off season. I think Ryan James yep. come in and kind of people have forgotten about how impactful he was. Who was borderline yeah. an Origin player and was unlucky not to be mm. in there. In one particular season, I remember Matt Pryor actually just got the the nod over him, so he's come That's in. Right. He's been very valuable. Uh, but I do think the Rabbitohs, the Panthers, and the Storm. It'll be one. It will be two of them. Three for me will be my mm. favourites for the grand final. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but I am a Storm fan, so I've always got a bias okay. to, bias towards the mighty Melbourne Storm. Um, and I thought our biggest X factor last year was the bench. Um, yep. You bring and in this year, it's going to be also an issue now with you either Harry Grant or Brandon Smith off the pine. Do you see mm. any big? Um, X factors that could get their team over the hump in 2021. Um, maybe, um, yeah, interesting one. And you speak about depth there, and, and I think the Rabbitohs have got the best backline depth, I think the Raiders have got the best forward depth, I think the Melbourne Storm have got the best overall depth. Uh, and by a considerable margin, those three sides. So in in, in those three instances, I think the, those three clubs are probably better suited and better off than the others. As for the X factor, we've seen it over the years, and you especially, Luke, being a Storm fan, it's wonderful to play good individual footy in April, in May and in June. But come September, and it's happened for as long as I can remember, the Melbourne Storm individually and collectively rise to a form level that they haven't been all year. And it was typified with Cameron Smith, Billy Slater and Cooper Cronk for a decade. They'd play really good footy. Uh, They'd play eight out of 10 footy most weeks throughout Origin and come round 26, they'd rise to nine and a half out of 10. And there's your X factor. If Peppenhausen, Munster, uh, Bromwich and Hughes can do that, good luck trying to stop them. That said, if Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai, James Fisher-Harris and Dylan Edwards do the same thing, good luck trying to stop them. It's all in the timing. Craig Bellamy is the guy that's got the timing right and he's proven that uh, for more than a generation. Um He's seen three waves of players come through and go at the storm, yet he's maintained the same success rate. Awesome, mate. Awesome. Yeah. Talking about timing and lifting up when it comes to finals time, are you optimistic on your Parramatta boys doing that this season? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, honesty is the best policy. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly. I'd love to tell you I'm brimming with confidence and this year's going to be different. Um, I look at that and I look at the the, the Panthers as well, and here's a really scary one with the Panthers. Um, Abby Coruscant only only returned to the Panthers at the start of last year. So what they were able to achieve in the spine of the side, and and for those that aren't familiar, the spine of the side, that's what steers the team around the park. That's what they're the players that determine where they go, when they go, and how how it happens. 
and that's the fullback in jersey one, the 5'8 in jersey six, the halfback in jersey seven, and the hooker in jersey nine. Happy Coruscant only had played a dozen games with the spine before they got into the final series. That is awesome. That the fact they're able to gel as a combination just so quickly. Melbourne are going to go through that this year without Cameron Smith with with either Harry and or Brandon. Parramatta still very much going through that, even though their four players, Clint Gutherson, Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses and Reid Marnie, have all been there for a number of years. When you go back and take a look at Dylan Brown's injuries over last year, and then two years prior with his with his back problems, Reed Marnie's injuries, um, Mitchell Moses, uh, an ankle or a knee, whatever it was, they haven't played a lot of footy together. So the stronger the combination between those four players is, the better the side goes. And I think uh, given a bit of time, that uh, the Parramatta spine uh, may well improve and improve dramatically. I'm, I'm certainly hoping so. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, for you as well, man. Um, we'll just touch on the, obviously we've identified six teams at this stage. Mm. I think the Dragons and the Titans round out the top eight. Do you see those teams? And we're, we're obviously assuming that hopefully the Roosters can stay afloat with their injuries. If we lock in the six teams, who will be the other two teams that you believe will join them at the end of the season? I think there, there's a bit of a, a playoff there. Um, I think there's probably four or five sides we could say might really struggle. Uh, I think the Dragons, the Titans, the Warriors and the Knights uh, are probably, you know, in all probability, the four sides that may battle for two positions at the lower end of the top eight. Um, but again... It comes down to injuries. Mitchell Pierce is out for a while. Adam Fanua Blake is out for a while. Uh, you know, if if the Titans, if Jamal Fogarty or AJ Brimson or David Fafita spend longer than a month on the sideline and they lose four games, they're in all sorts of trouble. Yeah, that's a good point. So we talked about being deep um, within a roster. Is there any roster in particular there that is? No, nah, not 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 for me, Luke. Um, I, I think the top six sides have, have actually got the the deepest roster. Maybe a question mark over the the Roosters, uh, the Dragons, Titans, Warriors, and Knights. I think the Warriors are probably better placed than the other three sides in terms of depth. But I also don't think it's the type of depth that uh, that the top six sides have. And yeah, you've only got to have a look at Melbourne. Every everyone fit there, and mate, there's going to come some big questions in the next couple of weeks with Dale Finucane coming back for the Melbourne Storm. He's he's a lock forward. He's an out and out lock forward. Harry Grant will be starting. He's the he's the the better of the hookers. Well, then there's Nelson and Brandon who have both been playing a thirteen role at times or at a hooker role. Um, Wow, you know, there's an abundance of talent down there. Where when you can leave a guy like Nico Hines yeah. out of the seventeen, you're doing something pretty good. 
Yeah, for sure. Like you just named three guys that could play lock there and they all bring different styles. Obviously, you got the big towering. Exactly right. He's able to keep the ball alive with his offload. Yep. Even though, I tell you what, out of all the Storm players, I think him and Vunavalu probably are responsible for the most he has been pulled out of my head because, yeah, yeah, yeah there's been a few times where just I've done some head shakes. Um, <laughs> I'll just say yes. a story about Vunavalu, that one in particular that he did when um, he caught a crazy ball. It was a few years against the Roosters. Um, and I don't know why he tried to catch it, but he caught it around his ankles and he got the sense of energy. And he just runs up and he tries to jump over the bloke. Yeah. yeah. I think we all just sat there thinking, what the F are you doing? Yeah. That was crazy. That was crazy. Um, and we're round out talking about um, the 2021 comp so far. And I guess we'll touch on kind of the, we shouldn't say the wooden spoon race. Now, I want to start with the Cowboys. They're my team oh. always kind of predict I'm always a full body cowboy sword. I always put it in the high. I think it's also when I think about the most impactful forward in the game when he's on is Tamalolo. And I just want to see this team succeed. Um and they just they just don't. And obviously I talked myself into the Todd Payton factor and mm. I don't think I considered you know he's come he's only he's just come in. I'll give him time. Mm. But I just thought there were places and uh, there were things in place already to kind of move the process along swimmingly, but it hasn't happened. So, yeah, Cowboys have been my biggest disappointment so far. And is there any wooden spoon contender that you want to touch on? Or You know this- what? In all these years, Luke, I've never nominated someone for the wooden spoon, only because only I'm, I'm the positive guy, I'm not the negative guy. But I will say the... Canterbury Bulldogs, I had a look uh, during the week. They're going to a, a tough old run over the next couple of weeks and there is every chance at this point in time they could be none and 11. And I haven't even looked at the the, the draw beyond that. I, they're really struggling and they're struggling more than I thought they would. Um, the players seem a little lost in whatever Trent Barrett is is trying to achieve or the style of game that he's trying to play. They just don't seem settled. Um, I think it's going to be a real struggle for the Dogs this year, mate. I really, really do. Yeah, I agree. Um, I obviously didn't expect them to, you know, make the eight, but um, yeah. I, I was definitely looking ahead for 2022, especially when you consider Burton and Ed Carr coming in and it's um, second year into the Trent Barrett phase of his, of the Balmore. Jeez, they're going to have an expensive back line, mate. Mm. They really are. You're going to have Nick Kotrick on huge bucks on one wing, Josh Ado Carr on huge bucks on the other wing. Wing. Matt Matt Burton, does he play centre or does he play 5'8"? You'd say he'll play 5'8", but Jake Avarillo is is arguably their best at the moment, playing at six. Um, Look, when you're struggling as as a club, there's a theory that you grab whoever you can that is better than than your current roster. And maybe that's what the the Bulldogs are in the process of doing because their roster rebuild moving forward 
to me, with the addition of Burton and Addo Carr, out in the back line doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, I tend to agree. And, yeah, they you talk about that fullback issue with, yeah, Corey Allen they signed. And well, ultimately... Yeah, you, Corey Allen there, you got well, Will Hoppawati, he can Dallin. Yeah, I shouldn't say he only can play fullback, but I believe by a mile his only value is at fullback and he hasn't been able to provide that so far. Yep. Um, yeah, it is, is concerns and there's nothing in the forward... There's a few positive sides in the forward pack, but obviously here at Heverington is facing a few weeks suspension and he yeah. um, some problems to sort in terms of that. Just being, you know, Very much so. Just being able to control that. We've seen the great yeah. deal with that. The likes of um, Sam Burgess, he was sometimes it got the best of him, but at the end of the day, he was able to manage it most of the time. Yep. And it's, yeah. And I'm not saying Heavington's going to be Sam Burgess, but um, mm. I think there's a way he can use that to help him rather than hinder him because at the moment it's hindering yeah. him more than helping him. I agree. Um, just we're going to get on to the um, – do you still have a couple uh, five minutes or so, Andy, of your time? Of course or? I do, mate. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, just before we get on to Legend Lounge, a tip for um, – your tip for the Dally M. Not that I haven't prepared you for this, but got any tip? Wow. Uh, my tip for the Dally M um... – when looking at a Dally M play, I always try and look for obviously a standout player, but a standout player in a in a footy side that he dominates uh, so you know he's going to score points. And, you know, you look at the Melbourne Storm, you could say Ryan Pappenhausen or Harry Grant, but they're going to take points off each other throughout the year Smith very, Slater very regularly. Smith, Slater and Slater Crump and still Crump, able to do exactly it. Exactly right. Yeah, I'll say Nathan Cleary. I'll I'll say Nathan Cleary for the for the Dally M. And I know there's a whole lot of uh, a, a really good footballers around him, but when they win, he's normally in the top top two players on the field. So as a result, he's he's accumulating points. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about my answer on the spot here, and I think you've stolen the words out of my mouth. But <laughs> I will go. I'll. I'll back it. I'll go. I'll go. Pappenhausen. I'll just. There you of, go. No, but you're going to be loyal to the storm, mate. Yeah. Actually, before the season started and before his injury, I thought Harry Grant could um, get it. Yep. As well, but obviously, um, is going to probably going to be detrimental to him. Obviously, missing those first mm. four games. So, hey, thanks, Andy, very much for coming on. And we're going to end with the segment that I did a, my first ever episode with a guy called Griffin Name who just made the yep. um, big shout-out to Griffin Neem, who just got promoted to the top 30 of the Cowboys. He's only 20 years old. He is absolutely yep. over there, so huge congrats to him. But this, I did this segment with him many moons ago, and I get to bring it back. So basically, this is setting up the perfect lounge for the legend Andy Raymond. So you get to pick three guests. Now, one of these guests has to be a rugby league personality. Now, I understand this is very hard for you because you've met so many people and have so much respect, but is there anyone in particular you'd love to have aside you on the league lounge? Um, there is a million that I would uh, love to invite, but the lounge isn't big enough. Um, and there's, there's a million there for very different reasons. Uh, I've been great mates with this guy for many, many years, enjoyed many laughs and cold beers. So I'm bringing Gordon Tallis along to the lounge with me. 
Oh, I love that. I might have to um, pull up a chair for myself there to have a yarn with, <laughs> with Gordy. Um, yeah, one of my favourites. A guy that I didn't get to see live, but one of my favourite players that I never got to witness live. So, yeah. Um, an athlete from any other code. An athlete from any other code. Well, I figure if I'm bringing Gordy along, that there'll be an esky somewhere near the lounge and, and maybe some ice and maybe some beers. We'll get to that. We'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. And I'll tell you who I uh, I did have a beer with back in the, the mid-90s and, and had a night out with him over in, uh, in Christchurch. The legend himself, the great Sean Fitzpatrick. Oh, so yeah. If so uh, if, if it's a non-rugby league player and an athlete, the former all-black hooker and tough guy Sean Fitzpatrick is more than welcome. Yeah, for a long time, had the record for the most tests from all-black, if I believe, about 90, 90 something. Um, that's a oh, definitely surprised me. A great, great choice. Um, and one last guess, just any famous celebrity or even someone that might not be famous, even a friend or a family family member. Okay. If I'm I'll, I'll uh, release a bit about myself here at the moment. It's, it's not an obsession, but I've got a, um, a real interest in, in a, a couple of areas that are away from rugby league. And I actually use them, um, you know, almost as an escape, uh, from rugby league, and that's the JFK assassination conspiracies uh, back from uh, the early 60s when the American president was shot, and also uh, a CIA program in the United States called MK Ultra, and it was a mind-altering program that was secretly run by the CIA, not even the government and the president knew about it, and it was uh, basically the introduction of, of a lot of hardcore drugs in the States. And they were trying to basically see if they could reprogram minds and, re- and, 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 and reprogram people into what they wanted them to believe. So two really scary uh, and, and different theories. But I will invite onto the lounge a guy called Jack Ruby. Now, when JFK, the the president, was shot in November of 63, it was alleged he was shot by a lone nutcase called Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald was taken to the Dallas police station and two days later, a gentleman called Jack Ruby, who was a nightclub owner, had an association with the mafia but also knew the big wigs in and around Dallas, walked into the car park of a police station and shot Lee Harvey Oswald dead live on national TV. As a result, Jack Ruby was then sentenced into prison and after a few years in prison, he wrote a letter to the Attorney General and said, I'm ready to come clean. I know more about John F. Kennedy and what happened than anyone knows and I'm the only person and Lee Harvey Oswald was set up and I was set up. Well, Jack Ruby died in prison two weeks later 
another part of the conspiracy. So I'm going to throw Jack Ruby, if we can get him back, alongside Sean Fitzpatrick, Gordon Tallis, and myself, and it might be a hell of a conversation. Yeah, sounds it. Um, definitely for a span of the works of that one, but yeah, definitely have to do my research um, after we get off here. Um, <laughs> wow, it's threw me for a six. Um, so, oh, Oh, I didn't expect that, but um, we, you guys have to, you know, entertain yourself. So a movie franchise to put on. A movie franchise to put on. Tell you what, just, just for enjoyment and nice and, and, and relaxed, I would either go Fast and Furious or Rocky. Awesome. Fast and Furious is one of my favourites. And during lockdown, mum was trying desperately hard to get the Rocky series here. Um, the, because I loved, I I must admit, I watched Creed, Creed one and Creed two, absolutely yep. loved them, and I did feel a bit um, guilty because I hadn't properly watched Rocky, but I've watched the first one yep. now and really enjoyed it. So I think that would be those will be my top two choices as well, um, and a TV series to watch with your with your three mates. Oh, that's a given. Seinfeld, straight on, and you've got me, and I will. I will pee myself laughing for hours and hours still. I reckon I've seen every episode two or three times, but it gets me each time, so so Seinfeld. I can't question you there. And um, you want to put some music on in the background. Who's an artist that you're going to repeat? An artist that I'm going to repeat? Uh, Or a band as well. Okay. I'll throw one at you. Garth Brooks. Absolutely love Garth Brooks. I I am a fan of, of country and Western music to a degree, um, but a fan of Garth Brooks. I've seen him live in Las Vegas. The show was absolutely mind-blowing. So Garth Brooks on the, uh, on the stereo. Fantastic. And um, we're going to get to the food and the beverages first, but just another another like an activity kind of a recreational activity that you can you can do within the lounge so um okay well it wouldn't be boxing mm-hmm. we, we wouldn't have fake gloves not with gordon tallis and sean fitzpatrick there uh i don't think trivia would be our go so it'd be some type of bullshitting contest who could tell the biggest lie who would your money be on there oh tallis yeah, one yeah. of the great storytellers. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't argue there from what I've heard. Um, and also, yeah, let's get on to the snacks. You got to obviously, you're not going to starve. I'm going to get you to choose one sweet dish and one savory dish. Have a look at the size of the two blokes <laughs> that are next to me, Callis and Fitzpatrick. So I might combine the two dishes into one, the sweet and the savory, and just say lots of. That would be the easiest food, just lots of food, because Fitzpatrick, Callis, and Raymond alone are going to clean up their fair share. Yeah, yeah, right on the money there. And, yeah, you got to have a beverage to kind of make it all all go down nicely. So you kind of touched on earlier, will be a big, um, a few beers, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, just a... Uh, an, an endless supply of beers coming out of the esky, and there would probably need to be, but but a nice cold beer. I'm not overly fussed as to uh, you know which beer I do drink. I'm not huge on the craft beers that seem to be all the rage at the moment. It's more the the older stuff, but um, 
happy to have a, a, a beer, a chat, tell a few lies and, and enjoy an afternoon on the Rugby League Lounge. <laughs> Sounds great. And the session want to just add it, but I would be really interested and you might not pop off your head straight away. So it's all good, but would it be one sporting event or rugby league match or that you would have on VHS that you'd like to plug in and watch to kind of maybe your last thing you do with your crew um, before leaving the lounge? Absolutely. I can give you an answer straight away. The 1986 Rugby League Grand Final, Parramatta versus Canterbury, 4-2 to the Parramatta Reels. It was my first Grand Final live as a young kid on the hill, and it was Parramatta's last premiership. So that still hurts because it was a long, long time ago. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, Yeah, no, great, great choice. And, um, hey, let's wrap it up there. I really wish we didn't have to, but you got to go. And um, I really enjoyed this chat, Andy. And once again, really appreciate you coming on. And I'm sure the listeners and the viewers will too. And we appreciate everything you've done for the sport. And I look forward to continue listening to you um, into the future. Luke, it's been an absolute pleasure. And to anyone that has listened uh, and, and or watch. Thank you very much for your support. Thank you very much for for listening. Uh, I hope you got a giggle. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, have a good, safe week, legends. Been a pleasure. So I'm catching next week, guys.